Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I do not understand this football name in America. How how many of kicks is there in the football game? Six kicks? I'm going to say it once and hopefully I'm wrong, but it's a disaster waiting to happen. I love all of those things with the piggy skin and the men running around. So much screams and then a toss and then everyone is in a large, large hill. A star is born in the NFL. I like the moxie, but I, more importantly, I like the poise and the noise. Oh, what are you doing? You gotta be paping me! It's Jonathan Elway, he was so sassy and cool and Hey guys, I'm a cowboy, bang bang, sling sling, toss toss, I'm going to lose all the time and then I win and then he leaves as he wins. You cannot beat this. From Munich, Germany, the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast with Kevin Gilligan. Yes, I'm Kevin Gilligan, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, lifelong Broncos fan. I recently moved to Munich, Germany, but as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder, and so I still love them and love talking about them, even though it's from across the pond. Hello, Broncos fans. Well, we know it's truly, truly the NFL offseason when the biggest news of the week is that the Denver Broncos got to have a field day and play some fun games, um, which I guess in itself is a it's it's a fine story. There's nothing wrong with it, of course, but it's it's an example of there being really nothing else to talk about. It's it's kind of that dry part of the season or of the off season, I should say. Yeah, I guess they're they're doing the mandatory training camp. Um, but there's there's not a whole lot coming out. I, I think the only thing, but we, we talked about this last week as well, is that the players seem to be happy. They seem to be 
in a good place with their coaching staff. I think there's some understanding there. I think there's respect. And as Skipper Dude will talk about later on um, in his segment, he's going to talk about Vic Fangio and what his style of coaching will bring to this team. And the respect factor is is obviously a really big factor. And it seems that they have that. There, there's more happiness and more ease with the players because they they know what they're doing. They know what's expected of them and they're held to a higher standard. And it can be tough in the moment, but in the end, that's actually what players want. They want to see a direction, an obvious direction that they know that the team is headed and they know that the people in charge know what they're doing. And unfortunately with the the last um, leadership, you know, before Fangio with, with Vance Joseph and the like, there seemed to be no real idea, no real plan of what they were going towards, what, what their direction was. And now with Fangio, there's a real clear path. And I think Elway's been a part of that too, obviously, in, in, in giving Fangio players that will work to to his schemes and work, you know, in a group of guys that that are of like-minded mindset you know guys who want to be there who want to win who are going to put in the work you know guys like maybe drew lock you know maybe he's going to take a while to to figure it out and and to learn the actual position of quarterback but he at least seems to be a guy who is willing to put in the work which according to all the rumors paxton lynch just wasn't willing to put in all the work he was the guy who if you read between the lines, was more interested in, in playing Madden than he was actually playing real football. And you see why he is no longer really in the NFL. I think he's a, I think he was a backup now in, he was signed as a backup in Seattle. And then Seattle went and signed, oh, who did they sign? Uh, the former Jets quarterback. Uh, I can't think of it now, but, but a nobody. So you just see again, there's, there's not a whole lot of trust there. And, and a lot of football is about desire. It's about wanting. It's about putting in the work. And so it's cool to see these off-season videos with Derek Wolf, you know, boxing and looking like a beast. And the dude is is just huge. And, you know, I don't put a whole lot into these videos unless the players have already done something. They've already shown that they can be good. And, and I think Derek Wolf is a guy who who deserves that the benefit of the doubt. Now, other guys like Brendan Langley, he, he kind of had a bit of a, he had that video earlier because he switched over to, to trying to play wide receiver. You know, he is a cornerback now, switched to wide receiver. And he posted a video in the offseason of him running routes and, you know, I don't know, one-handed catch or something and then posted it to Twitter. And he got a little bit of crap, you know, from the local media and some from some ex-players who were just kind of like, yeah, you know, that looks great, but prove it on the field. And so you got to be a little careful when you're a young guy, a young athlete, especially until you've proven it, you better be pretty careful what you post, because if you're posting something that that's just, you know, Hey, look, look how cool I look in the off season, doing some workouts, you're probably going to get pretty razzed for it. Now, if you're guys like Von Miller, Derek, you know, DJ or Watt, um, why, why can't I think of his, of his name? Watt, um, Oh my gosh, what is wrong with my brain today? You know, actually, I should say that today is actually a a holiday in Germany, just so everyone knows. I'm doing this podcast on a holiday, so I hope everyone appreciates that. Again, as I've mentioned before, Germany has, I think, what is it, 12 or 13, or Bavaria has 12 or 13 public holidays, um, today being the second day of, of Pentecost. So Pentecost is on Sunday, and then Monday 
is is the second feast kind of added to it, and that is a public holiday. So um, everyone else is sitting at home. I don't know, maybe in the pool. It's a hot day. It's a hot day today. I think we may hit the pool later on. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, the other news. What, what is the other news? I, there's not even any news in the NFL. It's so quiet. I, I, I'm 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 looking on ESPN at, even as we speak, and you know I think like the biggest stories. What the the Jets hired a new GM? Woohoo! Josh Norman's off season. <laughs> I mean, does anyone really care? Uh, again, it's just an example of you know there's there's not a whole lot going on. Um, I I even here on the top headlines for the NFL there is. A CFL headline. So the CFL's Alouette's head coach um, quits or is fired after one season. Um, yeah, again, just an example of, of absolutely nothing going on. Um, but as always, stay tuned with milehighreport.com. They have all the information and really good, really good um, in-depth research into each player. That That is definitely recommendable in the offseason because if there's no news, you can at least look at each player in depth. And these ladies and gentlemen over here do a fantastic job of doing it. They do it better than anyone else. I, I truly believe that at giving it a really deep look at each player and what's going on with each position. Um, and it's nicer now because I think there's more depth to this team. You know, when you have such bad drafts for several years in a row, that you, you have some guys that you you really kind of wonder why they're even part of the team. And I think now that you've had a couple good drafts, Elway has done a pretty good job with free agency. I think you're starting to feel a little bit better about these player reviews. You're starting to see guys who, even if they're you know third or fourth in the depth chart, it gives you a little more hope to see, hey, these are guys who could be something. They could have potential. I mean, you look at the tight end position, and last year you had something like, I mean, Jeff Hireman was, what's your number one? Maybe something like Lacoste was, was your one B. And now you have, you have Noah Fant, who's obviously your first round pick. I think he's going to be really, really good in the system. Maybe he'll have some rookie hiccups, but I think he's going to immediately contribute in a big way. And you have Jake Butt. And, and then you have Hireman too. So Hireman's kind of your number three. And so your tight end position is looking really, really deep. I mean, at least we hope. If you're just looking at it on paper, at least now, can Jake Butt stay healealthy? We don't know. Can Noah Fant actually produce as a rookie? We don't know. So we'll see what happens. But it, going into the season, there's a lot more confidence in this group as a whole and in its depth, and that's nice. I mean, like I wrote last week, it's a time to be optimistic, and I and I think genuinely optimistic. I don't think it's a it's a every year optimism because of course every fan every at the beginning of every year before every year. We always have optimism. We always hope, okay, no matter what, the team has a chance. Now, I don't know if 2008, before 2018 was, or yeah, 2018 was much of a a whole lot of hope there with, with Vance Joseph coming back. That was a lot, a lot of negativity. But, you know, it, it was earned and it was correct. The Broncos went and had another bad year. Now, I think with a new coaching staff and a new quarterback and a new you know, tight end, new offense, new defense. I, I think there is there's a lot of actual potential here. Now, that said, again, Las Vegas still has them with seven wins, and I, I don't think that's changed since the last time I saw it. So they're not predicted to be a good team, but I think that's that's actually kind of nice. That's actually not a bad thing. That means that they don't have high expectations. Teams are going to come in expecting them to be bad as they've been the last two or three years. 
And so I think they could surprise some teams. Now, they do have a really bad, a really tough record, or a really tough schedule, excuse me. Um, of course, they've got like the toughest. And, and guess who has the easiest? Yes, that would be the New England Patriots. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, like there's no conspiracies going on in the NFL. Anyway, don't get me started with the Patriots. Um, did anyone see, by the way, I'm just kind of jumping over the place today, but did anyone see that the, the Tom Brady, I think it was an Instagram post or something that said, even in the last year you train, like it's your, your first year or something, something along those lines. So actually mentioned it as being his last year. Now, I don't know if that was just a mistake of wording. I don't know if he's just trying to rib people a little bit and, you know, get some speculation, but he did say it. So it makes you wonder if he sees the end near, um, which would be different because in the last few years he said, you know, he's going to play forever pretty much. He'll play till he's 50. Maybe he's starting to feel it. Maybe he's starting to see that his age is catching up with him. Now he did just win a Super Bowl, So obviously, you know, it's not catching up with him very fast, but, um, eventually he's, you just have to imagine he's, he has to hit the wall, but we say that every year I've said that the last, I don't know, five years that eventually he's going to hit the wall. So I think at this point, I don't even know if I'm going to say it anymore. I mean, I don't know. And maybe he will play forever. Maybe he will be the best forever. Maybe he'll be 60 years old, you know, out there throwing balls. I, who knows? And, you know, I, I, I think it's a really, it's going to be really fascinating when Tom Brady retires, what that team will be like. Will Belichick, it, will he be able to lead the team without Tom Brady? And that is the ultimate question. Who is the main reason why they've been great? Now, they're both reasons. Now, maybe they're very, you know, maybe it's, you know, 55, 45%. But one of them has to be more important than the other. And I think it's going to be really fascinating when Tom Brady retires. We will find out who was more important. Who was the guy that actually led them? And I'll, I'll be curious to see. Now, we're going to see that too in Denver. I mean, who's going to be more important to this team this year? Is it going to be Vic Fangio or is it going to be Joe Flacco? And it's an interesting idea because obviously Fangio is bringing in a whole system. He's bringing in a defense. He's actually a defensive-minded guy, but so is Belichick. And so the actual atmosphere and the, the, the styles of play that Fangio brings in in a lot of ways, it's going to be obviously more important than than what Joe Flacco does. But when it comes to game day, as we've seen over and over and over, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. You're, you got nothing. And so with that being the case, maybe Joe Flacco is more important, but only if you're great. And I don't think he's great. So yeah, I don't know. But it's probably, it's probably Vic Fangio. But Flacco, if he if he lives up to his potential, if he lives up to the ceiling that he has with his amazingly strong arm and his in his history, you know, his past, his his acumen, his his smarts, his leadership skills, it could be interesting. It could be interesting. And I think that I'm getting more and more excited about Joe Flacco. As everyone knows, I've been very publicly against him. I was before they brought him in. Now, obviously, I'm not against him. He's he's the quarterback. I'm going to root for him. I don't I don't care who. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. If Tom Brady got traded to the Denver Broncos, I would cheer for Tom Brady because he's the Broncos quarterback, even if it would be really weird. But remember, Peyton Manning was. Jeez, I hated Peyton Manning before he came here. So Flacco, is, he's now here. He's no Peyton Manning, but, you know, I, I've, I'm getting more and more faith in the guy. I think he could do something. He could do something. And I think each each week of the offseason, you know, you hear reports, you see him throw the ball, you see his accuracy, his big arm, 
I'm slowly, slowly moving towards optimism with Joe Flacco. Now I'm not there yet. I still, I still think that it's going to be a, a a team this year that's going to be maybe an eight and eight type record because they're just not quite there yet. They don't quite have the QB. They don't quite have all the pieces. But if Joe Flacco puts together a year that he potentially could, it could be, it could be fun. It could be fun. It will be fun. It'll be more fun than than sitting here listening to me ramble on about the Broncos offseason. I apologize for that. Um, up next, the Skipper Dude's got a really nice segment about the coaching style of Vic Fangio and just how and why it's a benefit for a team like the Denver Broncos after this quick break. Skipper Dude, up next. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Thanks, as always, for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today, we're going to discuss part two of my two-part series on what it's really like to play for an intense and outspoken head coach like Vic Fangio. Last week, I talked some about my own history playing for a Vic Fangio type of baseball coach in high school, and as well as what it takes to, for a Vic Fangio type of coach to rise to the top of his profession. Attributes like extraordinary intelligence and a lack of a huge ego. This week, we're going to dig more into the psychology of playing for a coach like a Vic Fangio. Personally, I think it's absolutely fascinating as a discussion because there's a lot about it that's almost perfectly counterintuitive, but also true. So, think for a minute about your typical NFL star. These guys come out from, from the, their childhood backgrounds all sorts of ways, from street tough to pampered. But ever since they've emerged as big-time football players... They've been treated as a sort of pop culture royalty, made over by high school football coaches and fans, often recruited by major universities, and chased around by any number of agents and media and groupies once he establishes himself in the NFL. Logically, you'd think that a guy like this would think enough of himself that when he runs into headlong into a, a no-nonsense old-school coach like Vic Fangio, who's going to hold him accountable for things like missing coverage assignments during training camp practices, oftentimes by upbraiding him in front of his teammates, you'd think guys like this would respond by just mocking or snickering or just blowing him off. And you know what? In many cases, they would. We discussed last week what I called the dime a dozen yellers and screamer type coaches. Coaches you can find scattered throughout the high school and, and college ranks, typically as line coaches, who are typically just bombastic dorks who, who are on a power trip and trying to prove their manhood. Players generally don't respect these kind of coaches, 
and and just basically blow off their 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 screaming and yelling. But with a Vic Fangio type of coach, it's different. He calls out a player. That player listens. He responds. He improves. But why? Why does Vic Fangio command that type of respect when so many other coaches don't? I really believe it comes down to four key reasons. Okay, number one, he he the the greats like Vic Fangio understand their players at a sort of spiritual level. They understand the players as human beings well enough enough to know which ones need to be tougher, which ones need to focus, which ones need a kick in the pants to play better, and which ones may already be hard enough on themselves that the best thing for them to do is just encouragement and not beratement. It's it's an art. Okay, so number two, they're consistent. If Vic Fangio's pet peeve is missed coverages on defense or drop passes on offense or whatever it is, you can be sure that Chris Harris Jr. will hear it just like Isaac Yadam will. Although Fangio will know both Harris and Yadam need, he'll know what they need in terms of immediate feedback. Number three, they're intelligent. And number four, coaches like Vic Fangio are men of integrity themselves. Now, NFL football players and really college or high school football players, you know, them even are not going to respect somebody who is not their equal at a minimum, at an intellectual and also a moral level. Ideally, coaches need to be their superiors to these players in that regard, somebody they can look up to. Yeah, players may obey the guy's commands because they have bigger personal goals in mind, but they're not going to respect that guy. And honestly, that's where I think things fell apart for Vance Joseph. I don't think he had any trouble on the moral integrity front. By all accounts, Vance Joseph is a very good man. I really liked him. But he didn't appear to have the intelligence or the experience or have paid his dues to command an NFL locker room. And guys, that's not an easy task. And, And I think the Vance Joseph experience helped to show us that the distance between football, a football man of integrity and a man who can command respect in an NFL locker room is a little like the divide between a scratch golfer and a PGA professional. You may not notice any difference in their swing or even when you watch them play around the golf, but the difference is huge nonetheless. And I believe that Vic Fangio is going to prove to be one of those PGA golfer types in a head coaching sense. But here's where I believe he will separate himself even as an NFL coach. Okay, so a typical coach, even a good NFL coach, will spend the offseason, the weight rooms, the OTAs, preseason games, preparing their players for key moments of key games. Ideally, they're preparing them to perform at their peak in a playoff or a Super Bowl game. I call these coaches results-oriented. They, they are preparing their players in a way that will create the greatest results during the regular season and the playoffs. Now, Vic Fangio, I believe, is different. He's what I call process-oriented. He's not preparing guys to be at their best during a regular season or a playoff game, football game. He's preparing them to be at their best right now, right this very second. Every play of every OTA, that's when he wants to see perfection. Perfect uh, Practice doesn't make perfect. My, my old high school football or baseball coach liked to say, perfect practice makes perfect. One thing I learned about my experience playing with a Vic Fangio type of coach was that the smaller the moment, the bigger the pain in the butt he would be. Once our team got into key regular season or even playoff games, that loudmouth coach tended to go silent. He had done his job. He had developed his players and prepared them for the moment as best as he was capable by taking that little moment after little moment after little moment and perfecting them. And now it was their moment, not his. It's part of the surprisingly small egos that go along with these coaches like Vic Fangio. 
So where your instincts want to tell you that what they do is for their own glorification, the reality is exactly the opposite. They are, in real, in reality, the ultimate player's coaches, even though it's a little counterintuitive to think that way. So another attribute of the Vic Fangio type of coach is that they have a great instinct for player potential. A little like the famous Mount Rushmore architect Gutzon Berglum was able to, he was able to look at Mount Rushmore as a hillside and he could literally see the finished monument of the presidents. A little bit the same way, a coach like Vic Fangio can see the potential of a guy like a Dremont Jones or a Drew Locke and what those guys can become. For Fangio, his job is to get into the heads of these guys and figure out what it's going to take, yes, from a technical and work ethic perspective, but more importantly, from a psychological perspective to bring out that potential. And whatever Fangio decides it's going to take, he's going to be absolutely brutal and tenacious in bringing it out in them. And which also means that he's going to be particularly difficult on younger players. I doubt Fangio will be all that tough on Joe Flacco, for instance, because Flacco has pretty well already maximized his potential. He, he, he is who he is, and at age 34, Fangio isn't going to turn him into much of anything new. Drew Locke, obviously, is going to be a totally different story. Now, I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought this was going to be a tough summer for one Noah Fant, and I tend to believe that. We may not see it because Fangio could very well decide that he doesn't need Fant being shown up in front of the fan base. But this appears to me to be a perfect storm brewing. First, Vic Fangio, of course, is trying to establish himself as a head coaching locker room presence for the first time. He absolutely needs to take command there. Second, Noah Fant is a, is a young kid with a breathtaking skill set and who seems to be a good kid as well, hard worker one who will probably react well to Vic Fangio and learn to up his game. But third, Fant appears to have some focus issues that are probably going to drive Vic Fangio nuts. We hear from his college scouting reports that he tends to drop passes and tends to play, take plays off. There is some concern about his blocking as well, but those appear to be overblown from everything I can tell. So, the way I see this playing out is with Fant dropping a pass or two during training camp, and Fangio is going to start writing him mercilessly to the point that it gets in the fan's head. And if Noah Fant comes off the practice field a time or two and slams his helmet into his locker room, into his locker, or if he starts losing sleep, dreaming about Vic Fangio writing him for this or that, then his development is probably going to take a step or two backwards. But Fant, or Fangio, I'm sorry, will also be doing his job in starting to create his architectural tight end masterpiece. So I see or first see Noah Fant getting hit into his first couple of preseason games, and his head is going to be swimming. Brand new offense, brand new language, new quarterback, new route trees, new assignments, everything. But his head is going to be focused on one thing above everything else. Catch the dang ball so Coach Fangio doesn't yell at me. And I think that means that we may see some ineffectiveness from Fant during the preseason, perhaps even early in the regular season, as his brain is just swimming and new concepts, and he's not able to go out and just play. But also a bit of fear, uh, you know, he, he's going to be fearing doing something that puts him in Coach Fangio's doghouse. But as these things tend to go, I think you're going to see things start to click for, for Fant as the season goes. The drops are going to decrease because he's been obsessing over them since, since training camp. And as Fant finally emerges from Fangio's doghouse, you're going to see him develop into a much better player 
than he probably would have with a normal coach who keeps his hands off of fans' development and just sort of lets him figure things out on his own. So, when you extrapolate that Fangio-Fant relationship out to an entire team of 90 camp bodies and 53 players who are going to make the final cut, you start to see what Vic Fangio and his coaching staff are up against in terms of creating this football masterpiece. But guys, I really believe Fangio is up to the task. As I get to see his reign over Broncos over the Broncos develop, I'm actually kind of amazed that it, that it took him this long to get his first head coaching gig. I think that's a testament to the small egos of most NFL GMs who, who don't want to have a big loose cannon of a mouth around them. But it's also a testament to John Elway that he was willing to take this risk. I think it's going to pay off huge. I do believe that it's going to take a full season for Fangio to really establish himself in the locker room, to get all of his coaches on board with his philosophy, to get the players entirely bought in, and to cut bait on the players who don't. So I'm not expecting a miracle this season by any stretch, but I can tell you that I get more and more excited every week with what the future may hold for our Denver Broncos. Kevin, back to you. Thanks, as always, to the Skipper Dude. Um, yeah, I think he's optimistic as well, as we all should be, at least for the moment. And we'll see what the rest of the offseason brings us. Hopefully no injuries. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. That's a nice new, little bit of news that Emmanuel Sanders is out running routes and looks good, which I think means he's well above schedule. So hopefully he'll be back and fully healthy. And that will obviously give the Broncos a very, very much-needed weapon on offense. And I've heard some people saying it'd be cool if you could have Philip Lindsay catching more passes out of the backfield and have two two running back situations with him and Freeman and having, you know, Lindsay as more of that receiving option. I think he'll have to practice a lot though, um, catching balls out of the backfield. He's also got to work on his blocking, etc. Um, I'm curious with Lindsay if he will be a long term guy. Um I'm not totally convinced, as I think I've said before. He's he's kind of small, and he's lacking some of the things you need to be a a bell cow running back. Now he's also a very explosive, very good, um, you know, one cut type of a guy. So I definitely hope he works out. He's a local kid, um, but I'm not totally sure. I think he's he's a guy who could go either way. He could become the next Dar- Dar- Darren Sproles, or he could be the next guy who you know just can never stay healthy. We'll find out. I'm thinking. I'm thinking for next week because I doubt there will be any more news. Then um, I may start a at least an article about the best looking Broncos, the guys who are just the most attractive guys in the Broncos. And yes, I will have my wife judge it, not me. Um, I don't know if I'll do all the players. Maybe I'll do the stars. How about like maybe the top twenty most known Broncos players at the moment. Um, I did it before when I did add my own personal blog and it was, it was extremely popular, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, I don't know if that was with the, the guys or the ladies or, or what. And, uh, it's, it's a very Googled term or very Googled, uh, searched, you know, the, the hottest NFL players or hottest Broncos players. So maybe I'll do that next week and you guys can see who my wife, and maybe we'll see if maybe some other friends will jump in and say who they think are the best looking Broncos players. Um, that's all I've got for you. I, I'm kind of out of any information, out of anything to talk about. So I will talk to you all next week. We'll see you next Monday. Y'all enjoy 
the week. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my holiday. Uh, maybe go to the pool, eat some ice cream, um, and whatever else sounds good. Maybe take a nap. Um, anyway, until next week, y'all have a good one. Peace.